the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Victory awaits those who persevere. These are the folks who have obeyed God. These are the folks who have pure hearts. These are the folks who are blameless. These are the folks who do not lie. These are the folks who have acknowledged Jesus Christ as their Lord. This is a picture and a promise of those who have remained true to God. They have stood. They have persevered. And all he's saying is, hey, things are going to get bad here. But those of you who have surrendered to Jesus Christ, victory will be yours. The world does not see it, but there is a battle coming. The Bible tells us it will be like no other battle in history. In his message today, Pastor Dudley reminds us that those who do not recognize the signs of the coming age will not be saved. Next, as we lift up Jesus. Hello again and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you have found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants God requires to help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Good morning, good morning. Now I want you to uh, take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 12. We're in a series on the book of Revelation, and I want you to grab your sermon outline because I'm talking about an epic cosmic battle. What you're going to see today is that God gives us a picture of the spiritual battle that's being fought in the heavenly realm. There's so many things that happen to us down here on earth where we deal with people or situations or circumstances And we don't realize that behind the scenes, there's this cosmic battle uh, that is being waged in the heavenlies. I want to start with chapter 12, the very first verse, the first few words. It says in chapter 12, there was a great and wondrous sign that appeared in heaven. I wonder what that is. Well, it says, if you go look at the next word, it was a woman. That was the great and wondrous sign. And the Bible says that she was clothed with the... Sun, which means that she was radiant. She had the moon underneath her feet, which means that she was exalted. She had a crown of 12 stars in her head, which means that she was victorious. And yet in verse 2 it says she was pregnant. And she cried out in pain because she was about to give birth. Now who is this pregnant woman in Revelation chapter 12? I want you to write this down. She represents the nation of Israel. She represents God's people. Now, some people believe that this is a literal person, and they believe that it's the Virgin Mary, that this is, uh, that this is exactly who the Bible's talking about. But it, it, it could be the Virgin Mary because she would be included in the nation of Israel. But what this person is, this woman, she represents the lineage of Jesus Christ, starting all the way back to Abraham 
And all the way through the centuries, from Abraham all the way to the Virgin Mary, it's that lineage of Jesus Christ, it's the nation of Israel that is about to give birth to the Messiah, which we know is going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. So the child, the child, write this down, is the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. So she's pregnant, she's about to give birth, and all of a sudden someone else shows up. Verse 3, there was another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, which speaks of its destructive power, seven crowns on his head, which speaks of its world dominion. The dragon, I want you to write this down, is the devil himself. So you have the woman, which is the nation of Israel or the lineage of Jesus Christ. You have the child, which is the Messiah, the one that will be born, a Savior to the world. And then you have the dragon, which is Satan. Look at verse 4. His tail, Satan's tail, swept a third of the stars out of the sky. We know that when God uh, kicked uh, the devil out of the heavens, uh, he was one of the angels. He became prideful. He tried to take things, tried to take over. So God cast him out of the heavens. And when he was thrown out of heaven, he took a third of the other angels with him. The Bible says that the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he, the dragon, might devour her child the moment it was born. Now get that in your mind. Here's the nation of Israel from all the way back from Abraham. They've been talking about through the the prophets that one day the Messiah would come. Finally, uh, Jesus is about to be born. And who's there waiting for his birth? It's Satan himself. Satan is standing there the very moment that baby Jesus is born. And he was going to attempt to destroy that child. Now, why would Satan want to destroy that child? Because the sa- Satan doesn't want anybody saved. So if he can get rid of Jesus, then, then he wins. Uh, but, but we all know the story of what happens. But, but when, G- when Jesus first appears, if you read through the Bible, you'll see all the way through the New Testament, Satan tried to destroy Jesus over and over and over again. In fact, right when Jesus was born, remember Herod heard that heard that a new king had been born, and he issued a decree that all male baby children, uh, babies in that area, would be slaughtered. And so remember, uh, Mary had to take, Mary and Joseph had to take Jesus and flee down to Egypt because Herod had issued a decree for all baby boys to be killed. So all through the gospel, Satan is trying to get rid of Jesus. And finally, finally, Jesus goes to the cross, and Satan thinks, this is it. I'm finally winning here. We're going to get rid of this, this Messiah. We're going to get rid of this child. So Jesus dies on the cross. They take him off the cross. They throw him in the tomb. They put a big rock in front of the mouth of the tomb. They've got a Roman guard out front. And and Jesus is dead for three days. And for those three days, Satan, he was happy because he had finally gotten rid of the child. Except we all know what happened three days later, don't we? Look at verse 5. She gives birth to a son. A male child who will rule the what? He'll rule the nations with an iron scepter. Scepter is a word that means power. It means royalty. The word iron means unbreakable. This was an unbreakable power. This was an undeniable royalty. And the rest of verse 5 says, And her child was snatched. Her child, after the child was born, was snatched up to God 
and to the throne. We know that this is uh, talking about the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ because eventually Jesus goes back to to, to God, the Father, the throne. And then we come to verse 6. What happened to the woman? Well, after Jesus was snatched up into the heavens, the woman, Israel, the nation of Israel, fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of. She needed to be taken care of, yes, for 1,260 days, which is three and a half years. Now, there's a lot of discussion about the number 1,260 days. A lot of people believe that this is the second half of the seven years of tribulation. Uh, Again, a lot of discussion, but this does refer to some measure of time of trial and tribulation for the nation of Israel, the people of God, who had to flee because, why? Because not only did Satan want to destroy Jesus, but after Jesus ascended, he now turns his focus upon the nation of Israel, and now he wants to destroy the nation of Israel. Look at verse 7. The Bible says there was a war. Everybody say war. There was a war where? Up in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he, Satan, was not strong enough, praise God, Satan was not strong enough, and he lost his place in heaven. So verse 9 says, the great dragon was was hurled down that, and here's how we know it's the devil, because it says that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who does what? Who leads the world astray. Now look at verse 13. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, what did he do? He pursued who? The woman who had given birth to who? The male child. Have you ever asked why is it that Jews are the most hated and despised people on the face of the earth? Have you ever wondered that? Why everyone hates the Jews? Why the whole world seemingly is against Israel? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I think it all goes back to this verse that you're reading. That Satan couldn't destroy Jesus because he conquered the grave. So he did the next best thing. He turns on the people who provided the Messiah and is trying to discredit them. And so we know in history that Jerusalem in the year 70 AD was completely destroyed. We know that the Jews were dispersed, that they did not have a homeland for some 2,000 years. In just recent years, they were allowed to come back to the nation of Israel and have their homeland. We know that it wasn't too many years ago that Hitler literally tried to destroy and wipe the Jewish people off the face of this earth and in, in that and while he was doing that he killed some six million Jews and uh, it's called the Holocaust we know that even today while you're sitting here that the Iranian government and Hamas has called for the complete annihil- annihilation of the nation of Israel let me tell you Satan is still today trying to destroy the nation of Israel And what I want you to know, not only is he trying to destroy them, he's trying to destroy you. Look at verse 17. The the dragon was enraged at the woman. Now, where was the woman? The woman is someplace that God had prepared. And all I know is that God always watches over the Jewish people. Even though there have been those who have tried to wipe them off the face of the earth, there's always been a remnant because God always takes care of his people. Can someone say amen? Amen. Chapter 12 uh, is basically this, to sum it all up. There's a woman uh, who represents the uh, nation of Israel, the lineage of Jesus Christ. You have a child, which is Jesus, and then you have a dragon, who is the devil, 
who tried to destroy Jesus. He's trying to destroy the nation of Israel, and he's trying to destroy both you and me. And then we come to chapter 13. Chapter 13 is the story of Satan spawning and empowering two henchmen who set out on a course, the three of them, Satan, the two henchmen, the three of them. They're almost like an unholy trinity. They set out to destroy the kingdom of God. They're on a course to destroy the church of Jesus Christ. The first henchman is a beast. The Bible calls it the beast from the sea. I want you to know a couple things. In this text, the first 10 verses of chapter 13, it talks about the beast of the sea. A lot of people believe that they're talking about the Antichrist. A lot of people believe that. I do want you to know that the word Antichrist is not mentioned in here. But some people look at and they read these 10 verses and they say, that's the Antichrist. They just, that's what they call him. Here's what I believe this beast represents. I want you to write this down. This beast of the sea represents the worldly governments that are persecuting the church. Worldly governments or leadership or nations or politicians who persecute the church of Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden, a second beast comes out not of the sea. It comes from the earth. This is something that's more subtle. Something that came from the sea, it's sudden. It startles you. Something that comes from the earth is something that you see, you notice it, you saw it, you were a part of it. Yes, there it is. It never really bothered you. Uh, it, it looks innocent. Oh, it looks fine. Look at verse 11. It says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth who had two horns. He looked like a little, he looked like a lamb. But when he spoke, he spoke like a, a dragon. In other words, this beast is deceptive. It looks nice and cute. The second beast is the lie of Satan dressed up like the truth. He comes disguised as sheep, but inwardly he's a ravenous wolf. The first beast is the anti-Christian government that persecutes the church. Write this down. The second beast is the anti-Christian religion that deceives the church. This is more of a false prophet. Now, don't, don't be mad at me, but some people have said that it is the Roman Catholic Church. Some people have said that it is, it is uh, the, the religion of Islam. Uh, some people have said that it's uh, materialism. And who, who, who here today is not caught up into the God of materialism? Uh, it could be humanism. It could be just people, their religion is just whatever I want to do, uh, I will do and, and live as I please. That, that could be, it's some type of false religion. It's some type of false prophet. Now look what happens in verse 16, because this applies to all of us. It says, he also forced, this is the second beast, he forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead, this is what is known as the mark of the beast. Verse 17 says, so that no one could buy or sell unless he has the mark, which is the name of the beast, or, the, or it's the number of the beast. And verse 18 says, this calls for wisdom. Everyone say, Lord, give me wisdom. You better, you better say that a little louder. Lord, give me wisdom. If anyone has insight, say, Lord, give me insight. 
Let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is man's number, and his number is 666. Now I want to tell you some things about the number 666. First of all, it's a mark. It is a mark. Everybody say mark. It's either going to be placed on your right hand or on your forehead. It is the mark of the beast. It's either his name, we don't know it. It might not even be a number. It could just be the name of the beast. It will be required upon your right hand or on your forehead. Second thing I want you to know about this is that the only way you will ever be able to buy or sell anything will be if you have the mark on your hand or on your forehead. Uh, Christians, you and I will have to decide whether or not we're going to get the mark of the beast. It's going to be forced upon us. It's going to be something you're not going to have a choice. They're going to demand that you do it, otherwise you won't be able to eat. And so they will force you to have this. You won't be able to buy or trade or sell or make a living. And so uh, unless you have the mark of the beast, and that's how they'll keep track of all of us, and that's how we'll buy, whether we'll put our hand underneath the scanner, and uh, they'll keep track of us that way. And, uh, and, and uh, you're going to have to make a choice because as a Christian, you, you are either going to go and say, okay, I know this is wrong, but go ahead, or you're going to say no. And if you say no, it means that this one world government is going to turn against you and they will persecute you. If you say no, it means that you're going to take a stand against Satan, against the Antichrist, against the one world government, against the first beast of the sea and the second beast of the earth. And the question is, will you at that time be willing or able to make a stand even if it costs you your life or are you going to say no i'm really getting hungry give me the mark give me the mark because i need to eat which are you going to do having the mark on your forehead is symbol symbolizes that it's affected your thought life having it on your right hand indicates our deeds and our actions hence having the mark indicates that you belong if you have the mark it indicates that you belong to the company of the beast. It, it indicates that you belong to the company of the dragon. It indicates that you belong to the world. It indicates that you belong to the devil. It indicates that you live under the influence of the world. And my question to you today is how many people might already have that mark that symbolizes on their body, it might already be there, that they belong to the world. Then we come to chapter 14. The seven bold judgments where God finally unleashes his wrath upon this earth. And it's like right before we go into this really bad stuff, he says one more time, I want to show you there is a group of people that are going to be in heaven. They're symbolic of those who, have, who belong to the Lamb of God. These are the folks who have obeyed God. These are the folks who have pure hearts. These are the folks who are blameless. These are the folks who do not lie. These are the folks who have acknowledged Jesus Christ as their Lord. This is a picture and a promise of those who have remained true to God. These are the ones who, who have resisted the world. These are the ones who have endured. They have stood. They have persevered. And all he's saying is, hey, things are going to get bad here, but those of you that have, who have surrendered to Jesus Christ, victory will be yours. And then, as we close, before he opens up these seven bold judgments, he has just a few words, just a few, to tell you what's coming. He says these words in verse 14. 
I looked and there before me was a white cloud and seated on that cloud was one like a son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Verse 15, the angel said, take your sickle and reap because the time to reap has come. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. In other words, it's time. Verse 19 says that the angel swung his sickle on the earth and gathered its grapes and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. I love that verse because it pictures these nations as like a little grape. These armies, these, you see it on television, they get all their soldiers and they march and they have uh, the tanks are following them, the air force is flying over, all that, all the most powerful armies in the world, it's like a grape to God. He's going to gather the grapes and throw them in a little bowl and he's going to squash them like that. And then he says these words in verse 20. They were trampled in the wine press outside the city and the blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as a horse's bridle, five, six feet high. For a distance of how far? 180 miles Thus describing, write this down, what we know as the Battle of Armageddon. I want to show you a picture that I took. I took this picture. You see that valley off to the left? That is the Jezreel Valley. Megiddo is off to the right. This valley, this plain, is where the the Battle of Armageddon is going to be fought. Now, you don't know much, you don't know much, but you can at least see that valley, right? I mean, if you've never been over there, you can at least just, you can see the valley. Don't you see how it's a perfect battlefield? And what you don't know, and I'm going to tell you right now, Israel, you, you can only go north and south if you go in what's called the trunk, this, through this valley. It's, a, it's called the trunk road. And it, it, it goes north and south all the way through Israel. And then there's also one that goes east and west. It's the only way to go east and west. And it all intersects at that valley, which means that the armies of the world are going to gather from the north and from the south and from the west and the east, and it's going to be the battle of all battles. And the blood is going to flow as high as a horse's bridle. And as long as how how long? Do you know that the nation of Israel is about 180 miles long, that's about it. You, you say, is all this going to happen? Yes. It, didn't everything we talk about, the battle and Satan falling and trying to get rid of Jesus and going after Israel, now going after us, is all that happening? Yeah, this is all going to happen. Now is the time before the seven bold judgments begin. Now is the time for us to get on our knees and to pray and to ask God to forgive us and to turn away from the worldly governments and the false teachings of the world and to get our hearts and our minds back in tune with a living God. Can someone say amen to that? It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. 
You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Whoever you are and whatever your circumstances are, I want you to know that when you walked in here today, you walked into a church that desires to offer hope to those who are hurting. There's a lot of people here today who need their past forgiven. There are many people here today who are going through a tough time. There are people here who are just hurting. They're trying to go through life on their own. And they need some of that power, power that raised Jesus from the dead. They need some of that. If God can raise a dead man, God can raise a dead marriage. If God can breathe life into a dead man, God can breathe life into your career or into your finances. If God can restore a man, you see, because Jesus conquered the grave, we have the hope that in any situation, because of that resurrection, we know that there is no problem that's too big for God to solve. Come and join us this year for Easter at Shepherd Church. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.